WRFL Lexington 88.1. I don't. Uh, I don't know if I have like an exact threshold on, on like on, on what what amount of money someone should have. But but look, I mean, at some level, no one deserves to have that much money. Elon Musk just passed Bill Gates to become the second richest man in the world. Berkshire Hathaway's stake in the tech giant more than doubled to $78.5 billion. That's since 2016. Income inequality is growing in the United States at an alarming rate. The top 1% now own more of this nation's wealth than the bottom 90% combined. Hello and welcome to The Listening Hour, a show aiming to foster difficult conversations. This episode is motivated by the increasing economic disparities currently being realized in America. There are over 2,000 billionaires with wealth totaling $9.1 trillion, and public opinion is currently split concerning the ethics of their existence. Is wealth at this scale really an effective tool to create a stable and thriving society? In the first segment of the show, let's take a trip to Willie T. Young Library and ask a few UK students what they think. Okay, okay so uh, I'm making a show about... Uh, yeah, I'm recording. Um, it's about difficult conversations to have, and one of them is, uh, it's about billionaires. And the, qu- the prompt is, you should respond however you want to, should billionaires exist? No. No? No. Why do you say that? Because I feel like billionaires just unreasonable. Like, that's just too much. I feel like millionaires fine. But billionaires just... I mean, it depends. I feel like it depends because if that one person is not a billionaire or billionaires don't exist, that doesn't get rid of poverty either. Right? I think so. I think so. Why? Because some billionaires work for where they're at right now, so I get... I think they should keep all the things that they work for. For example, like Jeff Bezos. Sweet. What about you? I don't know. I guess I'm in the middle. Some people work for what they have, and then some people are just born into it. 100%, yeah. 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 Why is that? You got to grind to get the bag. If you want the bag, you get the money. And that's how you become a billionaire. There it is. Uh, I'd say absolutely yes, if they had the means to get there and make it there. Why not? Sweet. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I think they should. They worked hard. I'd say yes, like, and they work hard, but I think like certain people should consider like where they're at, like putting it towards good use. So like, that certain people getting there, like I think certain people should be billionaires, I guess. Yeah, they should exist. Why is that? Because they most likely earn their money. Okay. Sweet. What about you? Uh, yeah, they should exist because I don't know. Somebody's gotta, somebody's gotta take the place of what you can dream for. I think in an ideal world, they wouldn't, or they would uh, supply some of their money towards greater causes. However, I think that in the world we live in, it is inevitable. I think I'd second what he said. <laughs> um, I guess so. They're self-made. <laughs> no. I don't know. I just think that's way too much money for someone to spend in a lifetime. I don't think they should exist because no one can spend a billion dollars and no one needs to hoard that much money. There's many people out there who could do a lot with thousands of those dollars and no one should just be sitting on that money. No. 
like if you're gonna be a billionaire then other people should also have money because you can do so much more with like that money like end world hunger give people homes and stuff once we figure that stuff out then maybe there should be billionaires but not yet i mean if you put in like the work for it and hustle for it yourself then yeah like entrepreneurs if you built your business from the ground up then yeah they should sure yeah uh oh, it's capitalist economy so if you work your i don't want to if you work harder and make more money you should be able to keep that money in my opinion i responded yes I think if they have a novel idea that is good enough to make a billion dollars, then they deserve a billion dollars. They should also uh, be philanthropic once they reach success. No. No. Yeah. No. No? Why is that? Because while people are still dying of malaria, um, starvation, and um, these basic things that we can solve with money, there should not be people with excesses of hundreds of billions of dollars that they physically cannot spend in this lifetime. Like, is there a human life that's worth more than a, more than a billion dollars? Like, can you value it? Like, like, why would you do that, you know? Uh, hey guys, welcome to the Listening Hour. We're on episode two. Uh, the title of this episode is The Billion Dollar Question. Uh, today, I have two great guests with me, Logan Jones and David Vanderhaar. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and have them introduce themselves. Logan, would you give me a, a brief summary of who you are and what keeps you up at night? Yeah, my name is Logan Jones, originally from Ashland, Kentucky. Uh, came to Lexington to, to attend the great University of Kentucky. Um, I'm now graduated. I still live in Lexington. I work at a, a software startup called Leadrilla, uh, and I do sales here. And what keeps me up at night? God, that is a deep existential question. Um, currently, on a more serious note, all the division that I see in America is kind of worrisome. Um, but on a more existential note, I think the fact that we haven't found aliens, like where are they? It's a, if the universe is infinite, where are the aliens? Do you think they exist? I do, I want to, but I don't know why haven't they shown themselves by now, you know? These are the that questions. Sounds like a good episode. It's <laughs> uh, a great segue into David. Um, David, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and also at the end, whether you think aliens exist? Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm David Vanderhaar. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I came to Lexington in 2010 to go to UK. Graduated 2015 and I stayed um, and eventually became a software developer at Apex Software. Um, what else? What keeps me up at night? Currently, my children. One of them is four months old. Thanks. Um, and I feel like logically i have to accept that aliens exist but i'm honestly okay either way hmm. okay so you're not staying up thinking about it just your kids most of the time no <laughs> okay sweet um well i'm peter briggs i'm the host for this just to, for those who are tuning in uh the goal of this show is 
was, I was motivated by basically my experience, like you were saying, Logan, of seeing increased polarization and an inability of people to talk to each other and listen to each other and um, trying to combat the dehumanizing and the separation of ideas and people uh, and hopefully encouraging more conversations. So this is not like a show where we get experts and have a panel and discuss every detail of a topic. It's more just a, taking a cross section uh, of existing opinions and then getting people's perspectives and then hopefully having some conversation about it. Um, specifically, this episode is all about capitalism and billionaires. The title is The Billion Dollar Question, which I think is pretty clever. Um, but it is basically uh, trying to trying to go through the question of the ethics of capitalism and wealth in America. And um, so the way that we're going to do that before this bit, I went and asked a bunch of people out in public what their opinions were on this. I gave them a single prompt. And for you guys, I'm going to give you a couple more prompts, go into a bit more depth than I did earlier. Uh, and kind of the flow of this is I'm going to lay out a prompt and then I'll have each of you either say strongly agree, somewhat agree, somewhat disagree, or strongly disagree. And I, I will allow a neutral option, but I'm really trying to have you give at least somewhat of where you're leaning. And these prompts kind of will, will push you towards one side or the other, I think. Um, and then afterwards, I'll let each of you explain a bit what your response was and then maybe talk to each other about uh, any differences that might exist or similarities. How does that sound? I love it. Sounds great. Okay, sweet. Well, we'll get right into it. Um, the first prompt I'm gonna have you respond to and we'll go Logan respond first, then David, is the kind of the title. Is The question is, or the prompt is, billionaires should not exist. Logan, what do you respond to? I'm gonna say somewhat disagree. I think it's pretty nuanced. Okay, David. Somewhat agree. Billionaires should not exist. Hmm. Okay. Logan, let's go back to you and maybe get an explanation of where you're coming from. Yeah. So like I mentioned, uh, it's a nuanced topic. Uh, for me, it depends on one, where the money is coming from and two, where the, or how the money is, is being used, how that capital is being deployed. I think a lot of people, uh, when they think of billionaires, think that that cash is liquid think that, okay, they're worth $100 billion, like thinking of Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Mm -hmm. That capital is tied up in the shares of their company. That's not liquid cash that they have billions of dollars of. That being said, um, I think there are some people that have made billions of dollars um, in ways that are not contributing to society in the same ways that like in Amazon, uh, I guess that's an opinion as well. I consider it contributing to society in the way that Tesla or SpaceX is contributing to society. Um, let's see, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Anyway, I think that it, it's really dependent on how that billionaire is deploying their capital. Um, I'm more of the opinion that the private sector is better at putting solutions in place for different problems that society faces in, in, as opposed to the government. Um, 
but yeah, it's nuanced. That's my opinion. I want to hear a little bit of what David has to say about that as well. Sweet, David. Yeah. We'll go to you. Yeah, actually, I like your point about um, like when people point to, I guess it's mostly Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk saying they're worth this much money now and this much money. I've always kind of wondered, like, are, are you saying that they actually have that much money to spend or do you just mean everything that they are responsible for is worth that much money? It sounds like it's the second thing, uh, which definitely adds a little more uh should add a little more to the conversation, but probably doesn't a lot of the time. Um, but I think, okay, so I somewhat agree that billionaires should not exist because, and I don't wanna like get into any future prompts that you're gonna have Peter too much, but I, I'm, I am trying to figure out what, what a billionaire is, like what that means, because I was thinking like, if we had the same conversation, I don't know, like maybe 50 years ago, we probably would replace the word billionaire with millionaire. So are we like, I'm, I don't think what we're really going to talk about is like the actual number, like someone that has a billion dollars, but I am wondering what are we like, is, are we just going to be talking about kind of like Logan, what you were getting at just a person that has so much capital, kind of an unfathomable, fathomable amount of capital that they have a certain responsibility to do something beneficial with that capital. Is that what a billionaire is? Because um, I'm thinking in those terms, should that, per I guess, should that person exist or should there be a person with that much responsibility? Because that's that's kind of why I, I don't fully disagree. I just, I just don't really know. I feel like we'll get to that. But mostly like if you have someone like Jeff Bezos, or whatever probably should stop using that as an example <laughs> but um like he just has he has all this capital i don't really know all the strings that are attached to that capital i'm sure there's quite a bit to to a lot of it to a big chunk of it but so he's basically been given or created this responsibility and so my question is what is his responsibility and how how do you should there be rules around it or should that be should there be someone that could step in at some point and say, no, that's not your responsibility or actually you should take this on as well? Yeah, like basically should there be, should there be strings attached to having that much at your disposal? Right. And Something I'll throw in there for perspective on how much money a billion dollars actually is. I read this the other day in a newsletter and thought it was pretty wild. Um, so 1 million seconds is 11 days. 1 billion seconds is 31 years. So a billion dollars is a lot of money. Um, so that's just kind of a perspective type of thing there. Um, yeah, I don't, Peter, would you like us to keep elaborating on this point or do you want to move on to the next prompt here? We'll, we'll come back. Uh, I'll, I'll move on to the next one here and I think we'll address some of these questions about even defining what a billionaire is. Um, okay. Next one I'm going to ask is, and we'll do the same order, uh, again, just saying your agreement level first. So more good than bad has come from billionaires. Uh, strongly agree. I think more good has come from billionaires than bad. Um, this is going to, I think, start to get into capitalism and whether you think that 
who should be equipped to usher forward like societal change and cultural change. But I think if you look back since, since the boom of like the industrial revolution, when kind of these levels of wealth that had only been seen in, in kingdoms um, prior to this is now becoming like more common, I guess, specifically in America and then other countries kind of quickly followed after that. But when you think of the things that the industries that were created that made these people billionaires, what that allowed society to do, I mean, that gave rise to allowing everyone now that, you know, it's, it's pretty common for everyone to have a car. It's, you know, it's, we take it for granted that we can now have a package delivered to us in two days. Like all of these things, we're getting so much value um, out of systems that were created that have made these people billionaires uh, that I think the, the net positives weigh out the negatives. So that's, that's my opinion. Okay, sweet. David? Um, I, feel, I feel like I should strongly disagree just to keep it, just to keep it going. Not strongly, <laughs> somewhat disagree. Uh, but actually, I, I really don't know. I feel like, I, I don't, I wonder how long billionaires have existed. But, because uh, I don't know that either. Um, have they done more good? I feel like that remains to be seen. I mean, if the earth explodes, then no. But if we make it through, because companies and industries like change how they do things that are more sustainable, then uh, I feel like I might be more inclined to be like, yeah, definitely. Because I kind of get, Logan, what you're saying in terms of like, it, it almost seems like the structure has allowed for a lot of technological innovation. I just don't know if uh, if we need billionaires for that to have happened, or like if it, or is that the only way that you that it could have happened? And also another point would be, I'm sure there's people that could point to plenty of like horrible outcomes of the same process of industrialization or the information revolution or whatever it's called, you know, like these big technological innovations. So like one of my questions in all this and why I'm kind of more in the middle or like on the fence, I just don't know, is trying to figure out like, how does a billionaire or a company or capitalism know when to put the brakes on something? Um, so I, th I think an example that I sent to Peter was uh, factory farms. Um, and maybe that's just a different kind of moral question of like, should you even care about a, a chicken's life? Or if not, just the impact on the environment as far as energy usage. But like, you could also say that some billionaire somewhere, or if the analog is just, we're talking about capitalism, kind of pushes you in the direction of let's have more and more of this because that's where the, the money is coming from. So let's grow that. Uh, is there anything that would ever put a stop to that or, or should it? Or is it just down to the bottom line of we need to make more and be growing as a company? It's kind of one of the questions I have. I think um, to address a couple of points to that, to that one specifically, I think we're in kind of a new age of the market being able to decide just with social media and how easy it is for everyone to communicate. Like 
it's becoming more and more uncommon for uh, these billionaires to be able to kind of operate without being under a microscope, just due to the way that, you know, our financial system is structured and with public filings and social media and just kind of this, I feel like we're almost in a renaissance of uh, people understanding finances a little bit better. Um, you know, with this GameStop situation, that's kind of turned everyone's attention to to the markets and, and understanding that. Um, we can touch more on that later. One thing that that I, I want to make sure that people listen to this understand is like the money that these people have oftentimes, I hope a majority of the time, I don't really have any data to back this up, but I'm, um, you know, just uh, common sense tells me that the money that these people have is correlated to the value that they've provided through the companies that they've created. And if it's not their money directly, if they've inherited that money, then it's because their ancestors have, have provided you know, an equal amount of value at some point in their lives. So for example, like uh, let's say Rockefeller who God, I'm going to get them mixed up. Is that steel? That might not be a good example for me to say, hold on, let me, <laughs> let me back up because I'm not, not too good at history. Uh, I, whoever, whoever created the railroads, let's say they were not a billionaire before starting to create the railroads that allowed for, you know, easier transportation all across the United States. They became a billionaire as a result of the, of the value that they provided by setting up those systems. And that is held true for most of these people who are, I guess what you would call you know, self-made billionaires. So like I'm thinking Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, who have provided so much value for society because of the systems that they've set up. You can't say, you know, is it worth having a billion, like they became a billionaire because they provided that value. You can't, those two things are not mutually exclusive, I think is, is one of the, the points I wanted to address there. I'm blanking on the third point. So I'll turn it back over to you, Peter. We're gonna take a quick break here for an ad spot, but we'll be right back. Welcome back to the listening hour where we are discussing the billion dollar question, uh, starting with should billionaires exist? I have David Vanderhaar and Logan Jones on with me. Um, our, our next prompt here that I'm going to have Logan and David respond to and Logan, make sure that you give your prompt or your answer to the prompt first and then have David give his initial agreement and then we'll go back to you for your explanation. Um, this one kind of is a, not addressing the means by which someone might accumulate that much wealth. It's more of if it exists, what do we do? So the prompt is if billionaires exist, extreme poverty shouldn't. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, strongly agree. Um, I think that, oh, sorry, strongly agree. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, if billionaires exist, extreme poverty should not exist. Strongly agree. Okay, Logan. Yeah. Um, I think that's just a pretty self-explanatory one. Uh, I don't have the solutions or any ideas for how the system should be set up uh, to make sure that you know, those two scales balance out. <laughs> I think there's a lot of different ways and it's super nuanced and there's a lot of political tones that you're gonna get into if you start diving into how, how should we take the wealth that's being created by billionaires and make sure that those on the other end of the spectrum are being uplifted with it. Um, but, you know, I think it, at the same time, as billionaires are being created, they're kind of uplifting society as a whole with them. Like more people are being pulled out of poverty now and like the general you know, individual, uh, at least in America right now, 
is way better off than they've pretty much ever been in the history of the world. Like, I think that's just something that kind of needs to be realized. I really don't want to get too much into how we solve that problem. Cause I honestly don't know. Um, I think there's a, <laughs> I think that gets pretty political and complex when you start trying to think of the different systems that, that need to be put in place to ensure that if there are billionaires, that there's no extreme poverty. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fair because obviously we're not between the three of us. <laughs> we don't have an answer to that question because we're currently in the situation uh, and, and the answer has been figured out. But I kind of want to go back to something you said before. Um, it's, it's a little bit related, but you said like you can't really separate basically the existence of a billionaire or someone who's become a billionaire with the value that they've provided to society. I think especially in America, we probably need to be careful about uh, recognizing where wealth came from or how it started. Uh, because I just don't, I, I don't think that, at least here, that that is, is true. I mean, definitely not in every case, but even maybe in a lot of cases, I'm not sure that that's true. With, with our history, with like, I mean, we were kind of built on an exploitative model to be honest when, when it comes to slavery although that's not the only thing but specifically with that and that's not to be political either that's just more to be historical but like <laughs> people had a lot of free capital at a certain point in our history for quite a long time uh, I guess technically it wasn't free because you like you paid and traded slaves but you know what I mean like that's not something that would happen today so, and that money, that wealth that was created at that time didn't evaporate. I mean, we're, we're still kind of like, we're still using it for sure. So I, I want to be careful to make that blanket statement of like, just because you're a billionaire or just someone that's really wealthy that you have provided some level of value to society. Yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you calling that out as an absolute because I definitely agree with you. And that's, I think when I'm thinking of billionaires and the value they create, um, my thinking is probably more isolated to like the ones that come to mind when you think of a billionaire, like we keep referring back to and I'm trying to think of better examples, but Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos type of thing there. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point you made about slavery and like the exploitation of that and kind of the generational wealth that was probably passed down through that. Um, yeah, super nuanced. And I'm not honestly informed enough on where some of these billionaires money has come from. The billionaires I look up to that I feel like are providing value is more what I was referring to when I was saying that. Yeah, and I guess some of them like I, I haven't really watched many documentaries, but at least it's implied that, for instance, like Bill Gates, I feel like his story is always like starts with him in the garage, like making a computer and like turning that into a business like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons this topic gets like so complex about billionaires and it's just the way our system is set up and you know, how easy it is once you have that, that amount of money to keep that and, and kind of multiply it just based just with the way financial systems are set up and the way that uh, you know, real estate and the tax laws around, you know, real estate and investments and things like that and corporations uh, it's yeah, it's, you definitely have an advantage once you get to that point of wealth. Yeah. I think you guys are both touching on 
the subject of like what is the means to the end that you're achieving this accumulation of wealth and how controlled does that have to be when looking at what the means are that kind of brings me to one of my other questions i wanted to to ask um which is it's 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 a, another prompt um concentrated wealth comes from exploiting others um somewhat disagree so i think earlier on that was the case kind of what david mentioned with the exploitation of slavery um i think that went on for a long time uh just throughout history not only america's history but you know with it, sla slavery has been a, a theme in humanity for a long time and i think a lot of billionaires in america were also made off of it as well or at least a lot of generational wealth was generated that way through kind of free human capital um i think the way our modern systems are set up it's a lot less common for somebody to be how i would define exploited uh, to make a billionaire i think billionaires are creating these companies that allow a lot of people to live great lives like they're creating you know thousands and thousands of jobs oftentimes and at least the the billionaires that i admire and that i think are acting with their capital responsibly are creating jobs that, you know, like people, people like me and people like, you know, you, me, you and David would all strive to have one day. So in that sense, I don't think that they're, again, it's so nuanced. I'm sure some billionaires are kind of, ex are still building their empires based off of exploited workers, depending on, you know, the labor laws in certain countries. But as far as America's concerned and the kind of the billionaires that I, I think of, um, I think that's most of the time not true just with the systems we have in place currently. And I'm sorry, I think I answered the prompt and then dove in again. I'm, I'm bad about that. It's okay. Dave, what do you think? Um, could you, can you say the prompt again? Sorry. You're good. Uh, yeah, the, the prompt is concentrated wealth comes from exploiting others. Uh, I... I, again, I don't know. I somewhat agree. Um, the reason is I feel like it's kind of like an analogy would be, let's say you're trying to like go on a diet or exercise. You're like, okay, I want to get fit. And then you look, you like Google, how do you get fit or whatever? And there's like a hundred different answers and everyone swears by it. Right. And you keep learning new trends and new things that might work for you. So for me, it, it feels like all the time I'm getting on the internet or I'm going to buy something or someone's going talking about something they just purchased. And then they're like, oh, did you know that uh, this, this company makes their shoes in this country and this is these are the work conditions? They're like, they're horrible there's, or there's children working there or it's just not safe. People are getting hurt and not compensated properly. So obviously if we're just talking within America, it's a little bit different, but since the, since I don't think a billionaire at this point, I feel like a billionaire is pretty global, a global thing. I, I think that kind of capital comes from being a international entity of, in some way. So it's, I don't know if we can just separate it and be like, just within America. So that's why I feel like, I just feel like I, I keep learning, hearing about these 
examples is like, dang, like, can I buy, who can I buy from? Like, I mean, people complain about Amazon all the time. I don't really know much about the complaints. I feel like a lot of it comes from just like maybe royalties through like Kindle and stuff like that, or just because they have such a big market and you get so much exposure. But that's kind of where I'm leaning. Like, it seems like, yeah, how do you, unless a billionaire has a capacity to make everyone under them a billionaire, how are you not exploiting them? Or is the goal not for everyone to become a billionaire? I don't, yeah, I don't think the goal could ever be for everyone to become a billionaire because then that's, that's essentially just inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, again, that kind of comes back to like, if you're setting up the systems that provide society or the market deems so valuable that they're assigning that kind of wealth to your company, uh, assuming that you've set up a company to generate that wealth, um, then, you know, that's just kind of the market, I guess, compensating you in that way. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say, like, are you exploiting them? Because oftentimes these people who have that kind of wealth, for the most part, are setting up systems that can pay their employees, you know, very good wages. Yeah, that's, that's getting pretty, pretty in the weeds of like, how our, how our employment systems are set up as well. I think you brought up a great point about, I don't think there's such a thing as, as a billionaire uh, that's only isolated to America. I think you're probably dealing on an international basis. And I honestly don't know enough about uh, how other company or how other countries employees are treated. I think that there's probably a mix. I don't think anyone is like totally building up all of their employees and everything is totally fair. And I don't think anyone is like exploiting every single one of their employees either. So yeah, this is getting a lot more nuanced and in the weeds than I, than I kind of expected, honestly. I, I just, I wonder, do you think like, because like, I guess with the, you mentioned like, you, you would prefer all this to be handled in the private sector. Um, are, is the idea that the market will basically either devalue your company or put more value into it based on what they see, like if they like it or not. So if they know, like if people learn that you're treating people horribly, is the idea that you'll just lose market value unless you change that? And I think that's more common now, you know, earlier on, I think that was less common for people to have that kind of transparency into what you're doing. And the value is just assigned if you're providing a good or a service that people wanted and they're willing to pay for it, then that's the market deciding that's capitalism saying, okay, you you deserve to exist. And essentially that's getting into the argument of capitalism versus socialism, like the government redistributing, redistributing wealth into society. And um, I think capitalism is a great tool for those who are very financially literate. I think that's one of the main issues in America right now with our educational system is like people are just not financially literate uh, in a lot of ways. And that leads to people believing that socialism would be a better uh, structure like to, to live within rather than capitalism. Um, we can dive more into like what I believe about socialism and capitalism uh, on down the road if Peter wants to, but I'll cap my thoughts at that. Cool. Sweet. David, do you have a response to that or should I move on? Uh, no, we can, we can move on to the next. 
Okay. Uh, no, a lot of a lot of thoughts stirring in my head, trying to figure out what makes the most sense moving on from here. Um, I, I think, you know, it's touching a bit on the capitalism versus socialism question, but it's really about regulation of wealth. Um, and the, the this prompt, which we're getting near the end here, um, the prompt is the government should regulate wealth. Strongly disagree. David? Somewhat agree. <laughs> All right, Logan, take us away. Yeah, um, I just believe that once, you know, this has kind of happened since the legal system and tax code was put in place to, you know, every, when the tax code was first put in place, it was sold to everyone by saying we're going to be, most of the taxes are going to be levied against the, the rich. Like this is not going to affect the, the lower middle class and, and poor people. And then that we kind of end up where we are now, where uh, the government is this huge entity that is, gets, you know, billions and even trillions of dollars of tax revenue and still manages to overspend. I just am, I just do not think that the government is super efficient um, in redistributing wealth correctly. Yeah. David, what, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I feel like, so ideally capitalism, what like it, it is it works like if you just look at it on paper it, it seems great but i somewhat agree that basically what i'm saying is i feel like the government has to be involved in regulating wealth maybe not as maybe not as much as they are or maybe more than they currently are i think that's like one of the bigger like arguments right now going on or probably just an argument for all time of american history but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see how you could not involve the government at all in regulating wealth because it's not just taxes. I mean, there's so much wrapped up in what the government's doing. And like, um, I'm trying to think of an example, but like it, the government's involved in subsidizing certain industries um, are like, and perhaps they shouldn't be, but you know, it's not just the tax code that would need to go away if the government was going to be not regulating wealth at all. Um, yeah, just to clarify, I don't think that the government should be completely hands off. Like, we definitely need you know, a lot of the structures we have in place are, are necessary in terms of the way the government collects taxes and you know all of that sort of thing. And you're you're absolutely right about there's a lot that goes that goes into it. I just think that once the government steps in and tries to regulate wealth, uh, especially in the way that like things are headed with our financial systems, with the rise of cryptocurrencies, and as we kind of operate on a global market, and you brought up a good point about billionaires being more international, like I guarantee the net worth that we that we see that common people see of billionaires is like the tip of the iceberg in some in in some cases. Mm -hmm. I would say that a lot of wealth is hidden wealth, like it's private wealth that. How, how are we going to know about it? You know, whether they have it uh, in assets abroad, whether they have it in, you know, now cryptocurrency is becoming a, a decent way to take the government, take the middleman out of, out of the financial systems. I just think that, you know, throughout history, 
once you accumulate a certain amount of wealth, it's becomes more, you become more incentivized to make sure that the government doesn't get their hands on it. And I don't, I don't think that's going to change. I think any system that a government puts in place, especially with all the available options at a billionaire's disposal nowadays, it just seems like it'd be really, really hard to do that effectively. And I think that's probably one of my main arguments against it is mm. I feel like you're going to end up hurting the wrong people in the long run. Yeah. I, I, yeah, especially some of the hearings that like we saw last year or even like just seeing like some of those um, sessions in Congress where they're like interviewing Facebook or something. And it's just like, wow, it seems like you all really don't know anything about how the internet works or like how these corporations are actually functioning. And I should not say that as a blank statement, but like it, they did seem like it was just out of their depth. And since these billionaires and these companies isn't, it's a global thing. Uh, it, I guess it would make sense to take, you know, government to take their hands off where they, where they need to. But the question I guess is like, where, where do they need to be looking and regulating and where shouldn't they be? And another thing that you mentioned is like with some of these people, a lot of the wealth is probably hidden because of all the options that they have and they're working on a global scale. So then my question is kind of like, how, if you have hidden, if you have wealth that's hidden, then that probably means you're not using it for these greater societal means, right? Because we don't even know you, you have it. That's a good point. And so who, like, that's, that's the weird thing is like, you're a billionaire, you, you have so much responsibility but you're not required in any way to take on that responsibility or to move in the direction that would most benefit in the world or an area or whatever you want to say. So it, do you think that that should be the case? Like, obviously we're not going to come up with how, what that would look like, but should there be some sort of like, I don't know, rules for lack of a better term? Yeah, uh, I believe so. I just, I, I think that pretty much everyone's going to have a different answer on how to enforce those rules. I think the best way to enforce them is capitalism. And I think we're seeing more of that. Uh, you know, something that Mark Cuban said, who is a billionaire throughout the GameStop thing is like, let people understand the power that they now have, that they can operate so freely in the market through services that allow these commission-free trades, like put you know, put your funds behind a company that's doing social social good. Um, and I still think capitalism is probably the best model for that and enforcing those type of rules. Um, but again, I mean, I could be completely wrong about this is kind of the caveat that I want to say, like the government could come up with some fantastic model on down the road. I'm just skeptical of that based off of what I've seen uh, the government put in in terms of other systems and kind of what you said like we they've come they've been put on display trying to understand these complex systems of how big tech operates and i feel like they're kind of dropping the ball on that right now um, so yeah that's something i do want to say just like that i want to make sure people who listen to this understand the difference with like why why i think capitalism is better than socialism uh, i think that I, going back to what I said about how I feel like a lot of people in America are not, do not have an adequate ed education in, in finances. Like, I don't think I learned anything about how to effectively manage money 
going up through the public education system. Like I was, I was in public school from kindergarten all the way up into college. And unless I chose an elective, I, I didn't, I wasn't mandated to learn anything about that. And I think the issue with that is people believe, like people are told you need to save money. You need to, you know, and then you see a lot of people going out and spending things, spending it on things like clothes and cars and things that, that take money away, but don't generate money. And I think more people need to understand that if you spend money on assets that can produce, like make your money work for you, that's where we kind of have a financial revolution of people taking control of their, of their own finances and being less dependent on a socialist system. I think that's my, that's like my main argument. You just don't want a bunch of people who are dependent on a government to, you know, redistribute the wealth. You want people who understand finances inherently and understand how money works and how, you know, your money should be making you more money through investments rather than saving it. Uh, and then can go out and, you know, essentially just not have to be reliant on, on a government to provide them with, you know, uh, wealth, I guess, in, in a general sense. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, I guess if, sorry, I also trying to thought, cause I thought we were, I thought we were about to pause for a second. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, so I'm wondering if, if there's like theoretically a finite amount of resources or capital or value in a system, it kind of goes back to my question earlier a little bit, but like, let's say like 80% of people or 90% of people are financially literate to the point that you're talking where we, like we can make informed decisions and investments from an early stage to start generating wealth and capital would that actually like are, would that work i mean would that just automatically means like everyone is richer now because if we're saying everyone can't be a billionaire that like that's just not possible then i mean wouldn't it kind of like tank at least the current situation if everyone started putting their money towards things that are i mean would does that make sense the question yeah i think i get what you're saying i think that if people became more financially literate that's just a more effective way to redistribute wealth rather than the government doing mm. it. you know if you have everyone that really inherently understands finances and are able to like generate wealth on their own rather than have relying on the government to do it then that's definitely going to be a pretty big shock to the current system we have where it's like you've got people who are you know, have hundreds of billions of dollars and people who are still in extreme poverty. If you have a society that really inherently understands finances, then that, that takes care of the wealth redistribution uh, a lot. I feel like a lot more effectively than socialism would. Welcome back to the listening hour. We have Logan Jones and David Vanderhaar. Uh, Logan just got done, finished describing a proposed solution for helping to redistribute wealth without government intervention. Um, David, did you have anything that you wanted to uh, respond to about what Logan just said? Uh, I mean, uh, the concept is cool. Like you put basically put the redistribution redis of wealth into the hands of the people, which funnily enough is like, sounds like a tagline for socialism or even like Marxism, if you want to go further. So it seems like, to be honest, it seems like the end goal, uh, not being super familiar with, you know, 
Marxism or socialism as a lot of people are talking about it now. But like, th- I think everyone wants the same thing, you know, like for the most part, everyone wants everyone else to be better off, to have what they need and perhaps more than, than we need. And you're saying uh, in, in our case, in America, if more people were more financially literate, that could happen. We, we could kind of take care of it ourselves because we would be on the lookout looking at the, basically more involved in the market, which is controlling wealth already. Um, but I guess it, it's hard to be like, it, it's hard to agree that without seeing it happen, which is also, a, you know, a hard ask to be yeah, like, no. oh, show, me, show me an example. Because, you know, obviously people do that with like socialism. They'll, they'll point to some communist country and be like, see how horrible it is or something like that. And I feel like, to be honest, it seems like you could say that about capitalism at so many different stages. Perhaps not the future of capitalism, but as it is now and what we've seen up till now, like that wealth gap is getting wider. I think that's a, I think that's a known fact. Like rich get richer, poor get poorer. I don't think that's, that doesn't seem to be changing at the moment. Yeah, um, I definitely, I mean, I think that capitalism has allowed America to, you know, continue to kind of be this land of, of opportunity where, you know, I still think that if you want to, if you want to really build something special that can change the world on a global scale, America is still the place to do it. Um, but yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, it sounds nice to say like, oh, if we, if we educate and, you know, everything that I'm kind of speaking on is in theory. I, and I think it's the same way with socialism too. You know, how would we ever go about putting a system in place that would really effectively accomplish socialism in the way that like, this utopian society that we all want to picture would, would have it. Um, I think it's, I just, I would rather opt towards a society that is more educated and able to provide for themselves rather than having a government that is doing it for them, because that just gives the go, it just gives the government, you know, more power than I would want to see them have. I would, I would much rather be more of a self-sovereign individual rather than completely reliant on my government. And I feel like once you implement a system like socialism, I feel like just overall productivity is going to drop. I don't know how significantly, I, I don't know how to predict that. Maybe that's not even a bad thing if it causes humanity to kind of slow down. But I think the rate of innovation and the rate of like new technologies being developed is going to, would drop significantly under a socialist, under a, social, uh, a system of socialism rather than, than capitalism. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject here because we're getting near the end of our time. Unless you had a quick thought, David. No, it's okay. We're good. Yeah, and that's a, that's a whole other question of the what is the current pace and what's motivating our pace of innovation and what is actually necessary. Um, but we won't get into that. Last last question, kind of a less serious one. Um, if I were to give you a billion dollars today, what would you do with it? a billion dollars um gosh that is a really really good question um i would probably start by trying to put it to to work in some capacity trying to start some sort of organization slash company centered on climate change i think that's probably the one 
one issue that I'm really passionate about that I see as like being the most existential uh, kind of bummer for earth right now. Um, yeah, gosh, I would distribute that in a lot of different ways. I think just kind of broadly naming the different things I'd want to focus on climate change, um, like essentially trying to set up systems where um, inequality is, is kind of taken care of a little bit better than it is right now. I, again, don't know how I would do that, but if I had a billion dollars, I hope I'd be able to find out. Um, and then uh, I'm not sure what word I'm looking for to do with, um, what's the word I'm looking for? With food, people not having a, what am I saying here? Um, can anybody help me out with that word I'm blanking on? Food scarcity. Food scarcity, yeah. Setting up better food systems. Um, and then on a more selfish note, I would probably take some significant portion of that and uh, put it into things that can kind of passively generate income for me and generations of my family after me so that nobody really has to worry too much about making money. All right. Sweet. That wouldn't me, but I, I'm interested to see what David has. <laughs> my answer is essentially a long way of saying I don't know. Uh, I would... I would... Uh, hire... <laughs> some people to to teach me how to manage this amount of money um or maybe i would just google it <laughs> but uh okay yeah to be i'll start with the i'll start with the selfish note because that's honestly a little easier i would i would honestly probably so obviously i'd be able to quit my job which i love i i really like my job but i'm just saying if i had that amount of money I could, I would be doing that just on working on different projects that are like more interesting to me. Honestly, I'd probably start like a game development studio or something. That's kind of one of my dream jobs. So basically I would take the money, start my dream job, and then figure out what do you do with the billion dollars? Because like a lot of the stuff that Logan was talking about is some of the uh, huge issues that have basically always existed like in more or less capacities, uh, food scarcity, um, lack of education or the right kind of education, uh, climate change and things like that. Like, I wanna say I would, I would use it to tackle that. I just don't know, I don't know how. And why isn't that already happening? We have people with more than a billion dollars. And do we like, are we, how, how are they making that happen? Like, there's no, it's not like, it seems like there's no amount of money that could be consolidated into one person or one entity that's going to fix these issues, at least quickly. And I also, I, I, I kind of want to learn more about, maybe they are trying to fix these issues, but in what ways? Because we really only hear about the negative side of have, being a billionaire, not necessarily like, some of these things are doing to help. I think Bill Gates is probably the most outspoken about that. Um, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife has done a lot of really good with the money that uh, that she got through that uh, through that settlement. And then I think Elon Musk is doing some pretty awesome stuff with the wealth that he's created. Hmm. All right. Well, that's I'm afraid all we have time for. Uh, Logan, David. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show and sharing your thoughts. Um, we will 
discuss more in the future, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us on, Peter. And just kind of one like final thought I want to leave with is um, I realized that my opinions are just because of like the life experiences that I've had. And that's why, that's what I want more people to realize when they're having these kind of discussions is like everyone has had different experiences in their life that has formed the opinions that they have. No one, like people are just so certain in their opinions right now, which is what is kind of disturbing to me. Totally agree. Yep. That's one of the goals of this show. So thanks for helping trying to remedy that. All right, guys. Talk to you later. See ya.